Now, we must all fear evil men. But there is another kind of evil which we must fear most. And that is the indifference of good men. This is the St. Longinus's Baptism Podcast channel. This is going to be episode number 54, which the topic is going to be, we have forgotten what honor and duty really means. But first a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. Dear Mother Mary and dear Lord Jesus, I want to give you a heartfelt thank you and gratitude and exaltation and blessing for honoring me with your riches and what I mean by riches is um, the spiritual gifts and the things that you put into me to get out to the rest of the human public And I hope and pray that I can do them justice. Thank you, Mother Mary. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. So, today, it occurred to me that we have forgotten what true honor and duty is. The, the concept of duty and honor have been so cheapened in this day and age that people, or I should say most people, pardon me, generality, not, not a broad brush, not everyone, A lot of people don't even dimly understand what true honor and true duty means. And that is the the topic of today's podcast. I want to start with a little anecdote. For those of you who have not listened to my podcast introductions, I recommend that you do. I served in the U.S. military in the mid-80s in West Germany. Yes, there was actually a West Germany at one time, you younger guys. And even though I'm ashamed of my government and the things that are done in its name, I'm not ashamed of the fact that I was in the army for three years. Now, when I joined the army, I didn't do it, you know, for the college fund. I didn't do it because I'd be living in barracks and basically, you know, most of my money would be mine. I did it because I honestly thought that our government was the best government on earth and that, you know, my country needed to be protected against what I thought were the uh, evils of communism. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I've said in a previous episode, if I'd known then what I'd know now, that the government that I had served in the 80s was really not much different from the communist government who were our ostensive enemies at that time, I would not have joined the military. Not at all. But I'm I'm not ashamed of my service. And... When I think of all the useless, garbage, BS wars that our government has sent us into, and not just the American servicemen lives that have been wasted in these fruitless wars, but the civilian casualties themselves, and the trying to enforce whatever ideas are going on in the elite in Washington on other countries 
that neither want to. Well, they just don't want to. I mean, now our lackey governments in those countries, of course, want to enforce those these ideas on those people. But I'm sure the average person in Iraq and Afghanistan could give a rat's behind about uh, homosexual rights, women's equality, and whatever the cause du jour is right now under our current puppet president. But because, and the reason I'm mentioning this is to me, this is just to me, I did what I thought was the right thing. And honestly speaking, even had World War III broken out when I broken out when I was in West Germany and I had survived, I wouldn't have expected any recognition because I was doing what I thought was correct and honorable. And if you're doing something for a higher cause, you don't need recognition. Or you shouldn't. Not if you have the right attitude, you shouldn't. And I wear my my ball cap that says I'm a veteran and people come up and they tell me, oh, thank you for your service. And I always tell them, you don't need to thank me. I was doing what I was supposed to do. And invariably, invariably, up until today, I have yet to meet a person who does not look at me as if I've grown a third eye in my forehead. And... You know, some of the more earnest ones will be like, well, no, yes, sir, man, we should thank you. And it's like, why? I did my duty. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not bagging on these people. They're well-intentioned and they're well-meaning. And I understand that. But because, see, the draft had a lot of drawbacks. But one of the things it did not, was not a drawback, of the draft was the sense that it gave those who were drafted a sense of duty and honor. Now, a lot of you are too young to have known World War II vets. Because of my age, I grew up with quite a few and some Vietnam vets and Korean vets. None of those guys expected to be thanked. None of them. And a lot of the Vietnam guys they didn't mind about serving over in Vietnam. What they, what they were PO'd about was hippies meeting them when they got off the plane in America after being in a really crappy situation in South Vietnam and being met by a bunch of dirty, smelly hippies throwing crap on them, spitting on them, and calling them baby killers. When these Heroes of the revolution, the only thing that they were doing was smoking weed, uh, banging as many people as they could, and rioting with the police. And blowing up innocent civilians, depending on the terrorist organization in the 60s. And quite frankly, I don't blame them. Which brings me to... Another memory that I have, when I took my first leave from Germany, I came back to the States and the flight, in order to get to Chicago, I had to go through Dallas. Don't ask me why, it's just the way Lufthansa was doing things in those days. And for those of you who don't know, Lufthansa is the national airline of the Germans. Um, and I was walking through, I was wearing my dress uniform. This would have been about, I'm thinking, 88, maybe 87. But anyway, I'm walking through the airport and the civilians that are passing by me, you've got to remember, this is less than 20 years, well, around 20 years after Vietnam. And the civilians 
you know, obviously they're not berating me for being a soldier, but they're giving me like these weird looks. Now, at the time, I was a little uh, disconcerted because it's like, what, you've never seen a soldier in a uniform be before? But given the way today's present military is, most people, and I mean most, have no idea what the military does, what it entails, or, you know, the things that you do when you serve there. And because we went to an all-volunteer army in 1974, I can understand this. That people have no idea. And quite frankly, um, given what I know now, any, if I had sons, which I don't, but if I did, I'd tell them, don't join the military. You're going to do things you're going to regret. Because, you know, nobody's going to change my mind that some big, pretty, pretty bad stuff is coming down the pipeline. Um, but as I stated in previous episodes, there were some what I uh, what they called themselves at the time uh, neo neo reactionaries, and they have their own YouTube channels. And one of them was talking about he mistook an a Navy admiral for an army general, and. It depends on the person. You know, some vets just said, well, the, you know, the guy got mixed up or whatever. But to me, the irony was right in my face. Here's the guy telling, you know, telling people on, on a lot of his episodes how society should be run. And he doesn't even know the military ranks or the different branches of services. But he's going to lecture everybody. Oh, we should be doing this. We should be doing that. Now, I understand about the ignorance part. Where I'm talking about the irony is, how are you going to tell society how it should be run if you don't even understand the basic functions of its armed services, which not only are you going to be, if you got to that leadership position, would be required to fight your battles, and you don't even know you know, you don't even know what it's about. And I told a friend of mine, it's, I said that, um, that, um, I forgot what I was going to say. If I remember it, I'll get back to it later. It's really not important. But So, we've forgotten the concept of duty. We've we have forgotten the concept of honor. Once again, disclaimer, I'm not talking about everybody. I'm talking about some people. But being expected... See, here's the thing. I'm actually old enough to remember that you didn't join the military. I mean, we did have a draft until 74, but if you were if you actually enlisted and weren't drafted, you didn't join for any benefits. You didn't join for the VA health care, which has been awful. You joined out of a sense of duty to your country. And you didn't expect to get thanked for it. So, that's why I get uncomfortable. And I understand when people look at me weird for saying that, they, they literally don't understand what I'm trying to tell them. You know, because in today's day and age, well, if you put on the uniform, you did your duty. And when people try to argue with me, sometimes I'll tell them, I said, there are veterans currently at the VA, currently in Arlington Cemetery, which is our military cemetery, who have paid the ultimate price. 
How can I, and like I said, you know, these are just random strangers, so I'm not going to tell them my story, but it's like, I tried to tell them. I did my three and I got out, you know, intact. There was no war, you know, it taught me a lot of valuable life lessons. But I shouldn't be thanked for doing my duty. A lot of people pay the ultimate price. And on the, as I said earlier, I didn't join the military for the benefits. I joined because I thought it was my duty because I love my country. And people, like I said, they don't understand. And as far as honor goes, honor is no more than doing what any respectable human being should be doing. And you shouldn't get thanked and you shouldn't be getting special recognition for that. If you find, if you find some lost money and you're, I'm, I'm saying if you're in a place where you can turn it into cashier, give it to the cashier. It's not yours. Keep your word. If you say you're going to do something, do it. That's, that's another thing too. I, I talked about this previously. You know, it's gotten so anymore. It, people are actually shocked when you mean what you say and uh, do what you say you're going to do. Wow, I wasn't expecting you to do it. I told you I was going to do it. What? Why are you shocked? Um, um, part of this too is, I know I've talked about it with a friend of mine. I'm not sure if I've done an, an episode on it. Maybe... If the Lord puts it into me, I'll get into more detail. But one of the things that really used to annoy me listening to older True Restoration radio podcasts was when the host, and we're, we're, we're talking 2013, 2014, and the host, when he was interviewing, you know, one of the set of contest bishops or priests would say, no. You guys are going to be shocked. You're going to be shocked and amazed. I was shocked and amazed. And then they would list some Vatican II atrocity that had happened. And it's like, why are you shocked? Um, I Back when I watched American football, uh, the coach for the Arizona Cardinals got shellacked by the Chicago Bears. And one of the dummy reporters asked him, well, were you surprised by the Bears? And he got, he got mad. And I can't, This is why I loved it. Because he got rightfully mad. He says, no, they were who we thought they were. Same principle. You know Vatican II is heretical. Why do you warn your audience, which I'm assuming is mostly said of a contest, when the Vatican II hirelings say or do things that are heretical or sacrilegious or um, um, whatever. You know, to me, you know, shocked and amazed by something, by somebody doing something that you knew from the get-go they were heretics, why would you be surprised by somebody doing what they actually said they were going to do? You know, that's why, and I'm not going to get in a big history lesson, but when Hitler and Stalin, before, um, before the, uh, Hitler invaded Russia, they were allies. And the storyline among that was was that Stalin was in a shade of shock. He couldn't he couldn't believe that his buddy Adolf had invaded him. Really? We're talking about one of the most Machiavellian minds in World War II of his generation. 
And he makes a pact knowing full well that one of them is going to break that pact. If Hitler doesn't, he's going to. But he's shocked at Hitler. No, that's garbage. That goes against common sense. And I don't care what three, some 300 IQ taker of a college professor says. He was not shocked. That was the story that they put out. They were not shocked. How could you be? Hitler wrote in his autobiography, Mein Kampf, in the 1920s that he was going to invade Russia. And people, you know, we are moderns, but even, I don't think people in the 20s were as nearly as bad as they are now about if somebody said they were going to do something, being shocked when they actually went through with it. I mean, you know, um, but I digress. What I'm saying is people are actually surprised when you do, when you either say what you mean or do what you say you're going to do. But I just don't find it useful when said of a contest, you know, and by the way, when I talk about this host, he had been in Sedvacantism since 2005. This is when I first joined the Vatican II sect. So he had at least nine years. Uh, by the way, he, he, he was raised in the Vatican II sect. He saw those kind of atrocities. So... Once again, when you, when you say something like, oh, I was shocked and surprised, I, oh, I was knocked on my butt, you're cheapening the meaning. You're cheapening it. Whether you realize it or not, you're cheapening it. And, and for, I mean, okay, maybe some of his audience might be shocked. Oh, um, because there are a lot of people who literally live under a rock when it comes to their religion and may not be aware of the atrocities. But honestly speaking, I think when he, the episode, well, some of the, the episodes I listened to where you're saying this was in 2014. By 2014, I had seen YouTube videos of the uh, spandex encased females that they had running up and down the aisles waving their little banners. I had seen the beach ball masses. I had seen uh, Layman Dolan uh, to you of the Vatican II sect. You would know him as Bishop Dolan. Not our Bishop Dolan. Your Bishop Dolan from New York giving mass in a cheese head. I, uh, I had seen the video where, where Mr. Bergoglio was wearing a clown nose. And I was one of the few people at my church, and I'm talking Vatican II, who actually knelt and refused to take communion in the hand once I knew better. Now, I will admit, when I was ignorant of the situation, I saw everybody else doing so I thought that's the way you did it, until I started reading up and, no, this is the literal body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your, your filthy hand should not touch him. So I'd seen enough of that stuff, and it's like, you know. And by the way, when I listen to these episodes, we're talking maybe 2020, 2021. And I'm like, well, when I saw this, these atrocities, I wasn't shocked. I wasn't surprised. Um, it just deepened my confusion at the time, because I'm like, this cannot be the Catholic Church prior to Vatican II. It just cannot. Because I had seen the pictures prior to Vatican II of respectful services. You know, the Eucharist being treated with the devotion that is deserved. The Blessed Mother and the Saints being honored. Not these atrocities with Easter bunnies handing out the Eucharist. So, you know, as far as the honor part goes, I think in my last episode I talked about how 
Um, I, like I said, when I was a pagan, even though I was a pagan, I tried imperfectly to have a sense of honor. And I think I can fairly say that oh, it wasn't perfect honor, it wasn't godly honor, but it was a rough sense of honor. But I think a lot of this, you know, is, is gone. And I think it's gone on purpose. Because once you unmoor people from the concepts of duty, honor, you know, being a decent human being. By the way, I think I've stated this in another episode. To be a decent human being, you don't need to be a true Catholic. You can be a pagan and still have the common courtesy to treat other people the way you want to be treated. Now, if you're, you know, I'm, I'm just going to fly out tell you, without God in your life, you're not going to be consistent and you're, you're going to be imperfect because you're acting naturally, not supernaturally. But you could do that. And nobody, you know, it, I, I, like I said, I think this is done on purpose. Because once you coarsen and, and uh, you, you coarsen the behavior, um, you dumb down the people, you break down their critical thinking skills, and you get them to have the attention span, as my favorite uh, YouTuber says, of a crack-addled gnat, you know... Society, by necessity, degrades. Um, part, of, part of what I want to talk about in this, on this topic is, is that even in people who consider themselves true Catholic slash set of accountants, the sense of honor and duty toward Jesus Christ and his blessed mother, I'm not saying it's all gone. There's, there's some people still doing it. But a lot of people, it's more of a routine than a duty, an honor, an homage. It's just a duty. And for the sake of clarity, I'm not claiming to be perfect. There are times when, you know, when I pray or whatever, I'm not fully focused on what I'm doing. But I do try, I do try to have the proper honor and respect when I'm, you know, when I'm serving God and His Blessed Mother. But we're humans, we're failed, and I'm not a saint. Anybody who's ever listened to any of my episodes will tell you that. I'm not a saint. But I do the best I can. And I'm not saying everyone's got to be perfect. But I think it's a pretty sad commentary on, on the people who have access... No, I'm sorry who have been blessed with access to the true religion. Some of them have been brought up in the true religion, but they don't act any differently than the most jaded secularite on the internet. It's disgraceful, honestly. Now, before I, you know... People get all head up, oh, he's being, he's being self-righteous, he's being self-righteous. I just admitted I'm not perfect. I've been less than respectful on some of my internet dealings. But when God shows me where I've acted like an a-hole, I do my best to make amends. I think a lot of people that act this way, not all, but a lot, have no conception that they're basically being um I want to try to put this charitably because 
when I talk about certain subjects, I tend to get a little upset, and then my first reaction is outrage. So, as charitably as I can put it, some people are not even, because they have no spiritual life, that's, you know, I, I tell a lot of people, you know, who may tune in, I say, that is why I hammer the spiritual life. Until you get a spiritual life, you're basically going to be the same self that you were when you were baptized. I mean, and I, I, I was listening to one of my older episodes, and I said on one of those older episodes, I said, if you don't have a spiritual life, you're basically... You're not going to be doing the blatant mortal sins that you were doing prior to baptism, but attitudinally and mindset-wise, you're not going to be any different than you were. And for the sake of full disclosure, that's exactly how I was when I converted to the Vatican II sect. That was the way I was up until last summer. And that's why I began this episode with a prayer thanking the Lord Jesus and Mother Mary. Because today, just in the course of doing my chores and stuff, I got a bunch more topics to write down to talk about in later episodes. Because there for a while, um, it wasn't coming to me. And that might have been my own spiritual state, or it just might have been God's providence that, you know, he wanted to wait. I don't know. And by the way, to anybody who's read Father Jean-Pierre de Cassade knows that He's famous for saying that it is not our duty to understand God's will, but to do it. So, the, the, the bottom line about duty and honor is summed up in the saying where Jesus, I'm not sure if he was telling his disciples, I think he was telling his disciples and the apostles, a workman should be worthy of his wages. And I can't remember the exact line that he uses afterward, but he, sell, he says something along the lines of, you shouldn't be expecting praise or compliments for doing something you should have done to begin with, i.e. military service. Now, obviously, it's a volunteer military. Um, and people are people. Some people expect to have their butts kissed because they got shot at. Uh, for the more secular-minded of you, uh, and I've heard this, actually, from leftists, well, you signed the contract. What did you expect? Now, of course, they're coming at it from a totally twisted perspective, but I got to say, the principle is correct. You know, and I knew this when I enlisted. Once I signed on the dotted line and took the oath to the Constitution, the U.S. government owned my butt until I fulfilled my terms of service. So if World War III had broken out, and let's just say America had won, and I came back crippled or something, it would be the height of hypocrisy to whine and complain, Oh, I got injured in a war. Oh, it was my fault. You signed the contract, bro. That, that's the hazards of being in the military. And I've actually run into veterans who have complained. Well, I, I, I should say I've run into them. During the Iraq war in Afghanistan, uh, I want to say in the mid-teens, somewhere around 2016, 2000, 
uh, no, actually even before, uh, around 2012, 2016, there was these vets who came back crippled and I actually saw a YouTube video where a vet who got crippled actually said, I didn't sign up for this. And I started screaming at my screen, yes, you did. That's the whole purpose, you moron. Sorry, Lord. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, that was very uncharitable. Because the man, the man did not know what he was saying. And obviously he did not know what he was doing either because... If he had understand, understood that part of being in the military is going to war, maybe he wouldn't have signed up. Because that was the thing he was talking about. I just signed up for the college, man. I just signed up for the college. Well, that's no reason to join the military. Now, well, honestly, that's no reason to do... Well, I realize in today, today's society we're pretty mercenary. So a lot of people sign up for jobs that they hate because of the benefits or whatever. And they put up with it, you know, because it pays well and they get a bunch of bennies, benefits. But that's not why you should do a job. You should either do a job because you're good at it or you really believe in what they're doing. Now, some of you are going to argue, well, not everybody can do that. And I can see that point. I can. Because, you know, not every job is a good job. But you should at least have the self-awareness to understand that regardless of the job you take, you're taking your boss's money or the owner's money, the court, it doesn't matter. You're taking their money. And... A sense of honor would say that if you're taking their money, you give them 100%. Even on a secular level, you don't even need to, to be a, uh, a follower of Jesus Christ to understand that you, know, you give 100% for whoever you're doing a job for. Anything less, and you're doing them a disservice... And I was always told this too. You're doing yourself a disservice. One of our favorite, uh, our drill sergeant's favorite expressions when, when we were going through basic was if a guy was just half-heartedly doing, you know, his push-ups or his calisthenics or whatever, the drill sergeant would say, keep pushing, son. You're only cheating yourself. You're only cheating yourself. Now, even, even at the age of 18, I knew that part of it was him being sadistic, but part of it was an actual wisdom. Because if you're half-butting your way through basic, when, if you actually have to go to war, you're not going to be prepared physically or mentally for what's going to hit you. And that's part of honor. I really apologize for getting... Oh, uncharitable toward the young man. I really do. You know, um, I'm going to make more of an effort to be charitable. But like I said, I don't claim to be perfect and I don't claim to be saints, a saint. And sometimes I tend to get a, a little worked up when people say things that if they'd even given it like a minute of consideration should understand that what they're saying is an error. And with this lack of duty, with this lack of honor, comes a sense of entitlement. Now, since the quote-unquote pandemic has happened, there's been a job shortage. And everywhere that I've gone to, the manager goes, nobody wants to work. I've got a friend, he works at Cardinal, nobody wants to work. Well, 
you know, I, I don't mention this because I'm trying to be charitable, but I remember, oh, I want to say mid, mid early 2000s, there were political commentators that were talking about the sense of entitlement in this society. Now we're talking almost 20 years ago. And then you're going to act all surprised when the government, at least our government, for you outside the U.S., I don't know how it works in your countries, they've been basically paying them to sit on their butts and do nothing. And the money that they were getting from the government was as much money as you would get if you worked a regular job. I had friends at the apartment building where I was living at about three or four years ago who were getting COVID stimulus checks that were twice the amount of money that I was making at the retail job that I had. And I was making $12 an hour at that time, which anyone who's worked um, service who doesn't have a family to feed, it, you know, if you're, if you're single, it's not a bad salary. Now, obviously, you're not going to be driving around in the newest car and, you know, you're not going to have the latest stuff, but you can support yourself on $12 an hour. I've done it. So, you know, why are you acting surprised when human beings act like human beings? You know, 20 years ago, People were saying, oh, you know, people are entitled nowadays. And um, I, I promise you, millennials, I'm not picking on you. But like back in the late 90s, I was reading some business. I was working at a restaurant. They have the trade magazine. And one of the articles in that trade magazine, I was really bored and had nothing to read, was about how, well, the new millennials are entering the workforce and they're not like the boomers and the Xers. You've got to cater to their needs. You've got to make them feel comfortable. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, oh yeah, this isn't going to end badly, is it? <laughs> you know, because when I entered the workforce, the transition from the military to service work, I got to say, was pretty seamless. Because in the military, it is known as a performance-based, um, uh, I want to say example, that's not, a uh, performance-based um, expectation. Now, like anything else, you have human beings in the military and in service, and you will have some people, some bosses, who absolutely do not care, do not care that you were the only cashier up front and 20 people from a bus stopped in and that you were short-staffed and blah, blah, blah. That's an excuse. We want performance. Okay, brother, you want, you want perfection? Hire Jesus. He's perfect. I'm a human being. I can only do what I can do. But, you know, you're all about those numbers. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is in service work, depending on the company or the franchise, the manager's uh, bonuses are performance-based. So, in other words, they got to keep their labor costs at a certain level, their food costs, their uh, maintenance costs. And, of course, you know, people being people, they go absolutely out of their way to not spend an absolute nickel unless they have to. And they basically treat their employees as disposable because to them, you know, if they treat an employee crappily, it doesn't matter. Their, their bonus, their money is the only thing that counts, not, you know, well, it's my employee giving his honest best. And once again, I'm not saying all 
bosses and managers are like this. I'm saying there's some. Now, I've had some good managers in the past. But a lot of them are only looking out for the bottom dollar. But this is... I didn't do this topic to rail on um, the state of society. Uh, I will close on that aspect with this note, though. You know, it tickled me. Well, it didn't tickle me. It gave me a grim sense of uh, irony. When these millennials and Zoomers back in the mid-teens were whining and complaining about, Oh, our society's degenerate. We're our wholesome. Oh, I hate that word. But that was the buzzword on the internet. Oh, we're our wholesome traditional values. And I, you know, I just wanted to laugh at him and say, Kid, you're too young. You are absolutely too young. You're basically repeating the same garbage that your boomer parents or exer parents were saying back in the 90s. And they were repeating the garbage that their own parents from the World War II generation were saying back in the 60s and 70s. You know, and that's why I keep hammering you guys about looking deeper into how society's structured. Society is met, was met, at least American society. I won't speak for any other country. American society was meant to be degraded. It was meant to get to this point. And they're going to take it even further, if you can imagine that. I know, shock, right? So, um, that's, I'll just end on this note. This is about a sense of honor and a sense of duty. And a lot of people, a lot of people think that how your parents raised you is, is why you may have a sense of honor or a sense of decency or a sense of duty. That may be true in some cases, but in some cases it's not. There are some very honorable, decent people who grew up in some horrific circumstances. And I, I've met these people, and uh, some of these people aren't even Christians. They're just... They met somebody along the way who taught them or at least made a big enough impression upon them that they tried to be decent human beings. So, for my closing statement, I'm just going to say, you know, we can't fix society. We need to fix ourselves. St. Francis of Assisi said that. Before you can fix society, you've got to fix yourself. And honestly, I, I think we're too far gone for that. But at the very least, we can try to be decent human beings to each other, even if we don't believe in God. Like I said, belief in God, is, you know, as I, I think I made this clear, even if you believe in God, there are people who believe in God who don't act like decent human beings, and they prove it every day when they go on the Internet. Just because society is degraded doesn't mean we have to be. And I'm not necessarily even arguing that you need to be a set of a contest Catholic to understand this. You don't. But once again, I will give the caveat that unless God and His Blessed Mother are in your life, you could have the right intentions and you can have the... Uh, the proper attitude, but because you're not asking for their graces and their help, you're not going to be perfect. And with, it's just going to depend on the, on the person too. Some people, they try, and they try real hard, and then something happens that really 
destroys their world and then they give up. They lose hope. And I'm going to end on this note and I promise you then I'm done. Without a belief in the true God and His true church, when things, when your world absolutely collapses, I mean absolutely collapses like the Twin Towers, without a a correct belief and being in the correct church and having a spiritual understanding, most people um, at best will be bitter, jaded, and cynical. At worst, will give up, literally give up hope. I pray, I hope and pray this is not the case with you guys. I hope and pray. And as long as I'm hoping and praying, I also hope and pray that you guys got something out of this. That you can separate my rather bad tone earlier and focus in on what I'm trying to tell you. And for those of you who gave me 50 minutes of your time, and you think, ah, the guy's a crank, he's you know, probably off his meds, you know, you cut the pill in two, sir. Whatever the case may be, even if you disagreed with me, you gave me 50 minutes. Thanks. I truly hope you got something out of it. Even if you didn't, thank you for listening. And as I always say, take this for what it's worth. I am praying for you guys. And I really would like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You people have been chosen to reveal our existence to the world. You will witness what happens here today and you will tell of it later.